0: Today, I got some variety going on. So I'll preface it with this. Um, I had an unusual dream last night. If you know me, you know that's how God does it with me sometimes. He might give me dreams. I can't explain that. And lately, they've been happening to me on like Sunday morning. So Saturday night, Sunday morning, I might have a dream. And uh, if you saw some of my Facebook stories, you might see seen that I'm remodeling my basement. We had to move the sump pump, we jackhammered the floor out. I've been working hard on that. And uh, I found myself in this dream where I was like in my basement, remodeling the house. (laughs) Sometimes you dream about the things you're going through, right? So in that dream, I was with Daniel and David. And, uh, you know, we were talking uh, about, you know, where the Lord has that. I I was asking them, you know, if they felt like they were in the will of God for their lives, doing church together, because they've been with me for so many years. I'm so grateful for their faithfulness. And in that dream, we just kind of agreed that this is what the Lord has for us. And we've decided to continue with uh, his His call in our lives. So when I woke up, immediately I, I kind of got the interpretation of that. That's that's what the Lord's been doing sometimes lately to me. I'll, I'll I'll have a quick glimpse in a dream, and I'll wake up, and God will give me the interpretation. And this is what the Lord spoke to me very early this morning as I was preparing for the service. It was like in the same way that I am remodeling my house, God was remodeling something in my heart. He was working something in me. He's He's transforming and I mean when that dream I saw all way like in my basement down to the studs and I, I just couldn't help but sense that God was doing that in me so I look forward to uh the thing about a remodel is it's it's uncomfortable but the payoff is worth it so I'm, I'm excited for what God's doing in my life now this morning I've asked three people to speak and that would be uh Kyle and Kyle <laughs> he's like a pastor man he, he connects with everybody He's a jack of all trades. He works in the sound booth, the youth department, the men's ministry. And uh, anything we ask, he he shovels snow, anything you haven't done. Yeah, and he was a former deputy sheriff in Los Angeles. I love to hear his stories about arresting people. Maybe he'll share some of those or not, but they're fun. <laughs> and then we have Adam speaking here after Kyle. Adam is um, an honest man. That's what I love about Adam. He is honest and sincere, and I value that. And then uh, my wife, Queen Elizabeth, is going to finish it up. She loves God more than anybody I know, so um, I'm going to give the pulpit over here, and I just look forward to, I just asked them to share what's on their heart in this next year, so Brother Kyle, would you come? This is the first time Kyle's addressed the congregation like this. I love you, Kyle. Love, Linda. Even though Linda's wearing Kansas City shoes that the Chiefs shoe's on, I need some other people to wear some different swag.
1: Love y'all. It's so hard to give up the mic. It's just so hard. I'll have you know that he gave me 12 and a half minutes Well. And we just, we're going to go and poor Elizabeth will have about two minutes left if Adam goes over. Let me start my stopwatch so I don't go over because I probably will. If you're in the men's group or the Senior Connect, you know that it's not hard for me to talk by all these notes. So um, let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, I just come before you now and I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. And I give you all glory and honor, Lord God. I ask that you would speak through me and that if it's not from you, there it won't be spoken. But we just come to your word and those that say they've, you've never spoken to them have never read your Bible. It is your word. You speak to all of us, Lord God. Just ask that we'd have our hearts, would be enlightened and ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So he did ask me to, I'm the cameraman, so I'm trying to stay in one spot because when I saw Jordan leave and go like this, I'd already told Daniel, nope, I've got it all set up as long as it's wide, so you don't have to do that. So I'm going to straight tied to the pulpit as best I can. To share what's on our heart, but what's on my heart is probably going to be on a lot of other people's hearts. And so I'm going if, to, if you've got your note thing, just write them down because you're not going to get any chance to turn to these. I have 12 and a half minutes. Well, now we're down to about 11 and a half. And now the prize is 2 Timothy 4.8. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul's talking about right before he talks about running just to bolt off from the from the start line. It's important that we finish the race and it's important that we finish it well. That doesn't mean we're going to have setbacks. Um, I was telling Daniel we're both DC Talk fans. The first Christian concert I took a youth group to in LA at the Los Angeles Forum where the Lakers used to play was a DC Talk. It was actually um, uh, Smith and then they were the backup band and it's What if I stumble? What if I fall? And that song came on my workout thing the other day at the gym. And you're going to stumble and you're going to fall. And I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall. But we're going to move forward. We're going for the prize. And the prize is to hear our father say, well done. Well done. Well done. That doesn't mean we fall down and we lay there. We don't run in reverse. However, my dad always said, at least a reverse car you can steer. So get it moving. Get it moving, and you can steer it. But a parked car goes nowhere. And so um, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. My youngest son loves sprints. He did track. He never did anything much over 200 yards. He was done after that. Let me go out there run as hard as I can, and I don't want to run for a long time. 1 Corinthians 9.24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it so he's telling us to run it in such a way to obtain the prize. Because the prize is God. Prize is such wonderful things. Things that we've never imagined. That we've never perceived. You read in Revelation, you've never perceived them. You can't. He's an infinite God. So great and so much more than this visible world we see. That, That's why it was so easy for Christ to go to the cross. He said it was burdensome, but he looked on past that. As he neared the end of of his life, Paul wrote then, 4-7, which is just above 4-8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Galatians, you, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Because he says right here he fought the fight. What fight? Well, I think of two right off the bat. One with our sinful self. I know that there's all sorts of ways of saying it, but I just take the humble approach that I'm a sinner saved by grace. You know why? Because I'm not perfect. I'm not. I look in the mirror. I get angry. I get upset. I have doubts. And I've known the Lord for, let's see, 57 years, since I was four years old. It makes me 61 if you're doing the math. Um, (laughs) But... I, and, and I have those days. I have bad times. I have moments of slipping. And so I go like Paul. I'm the greatest sinner of all. I don't have a problem saying that. I, I fall. But man, I want to get back up and get in the race. 2023 was bad or you ended on a bad note? Get up. Let's run this race. Um, so it's against our uh, sinful nature. It's against. Uh, and then he says in that whole uh, verses, he says, wretched man that I am. Yet Christ, what has Christ done for you? Everything. He's freed you from that. Um, And then I think of the other part of that fight. It's a fight against an adversary that we all have, the devil. I don't give him any glory, but he lurks around like a roaring lion looking for people to devour. If we didn't have an enemy, you wouldn't need Ephesians 6 with the armor of God. Why do you need armor? You only need armor if you have an enemy. So those are our two enemies that we're battling. The Bible is filled with stories of men who started their race good but did not finish it. We can go to just a few. King Saul. He was picked, he, but, and he did a few things right in the beginning, but he constantly disobeyed God. He con- And not only did he disobey God, but just like I do. I think most of us do. We justify Why we disobeyed God. I've shared with with the uh, senior group, my dad, I love him, God-fearing man. But there was a time in his life where he said, you know, just pick me up the receipts in the parking lot. He had rental property in a bad part of L.A., Watts, if you know anything about L.A. And he goes, just pick up receipts because, you know, I'll write them off. And I'm thinking, as I got older, I well, that's not very true. And my dad was the most truthful man I knew. But, you know, his justification for it was, the evil government takes my money, and so I'm going to protect the money I do have. And, and he justified it. Now, he stopped doing that. He finally was enlightened and didn't do that. But he did it one time. So that was Saul. He essentially wrote his own epitaph when he said, I've been a fool and very wrong in 1 Samuel 26, 21. Then there's Samson. He slew a 1,000 thou- Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Yes, he played around with sin. And sin played around with him to his demise. Um, I want to always say glory to God. You get those compliments. My last pastor used to say, start getting compliments, and I don't know where my head's going to go, and I don't want it to swell up, and I don't want pride to enter me, and he just says, well, glory to God. You might have heard me say a few times. I learned that from him. Glory to God. Oh, that was such a good thing you said, or you did this. "Glory Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Not glory to Kyle, because... As a man, it's just really easy, yeah, well, that was pretty good. well, maybe it wasn't pretty good in the kingdom of God, it probably wasn't very good at all, but try to be obedient to God, move forward. Gideon, three hundred men against over ten thousand. he let pride get in there. he let um he let himself get in the middle of that. Then you got Elijah and Elijah now think about Elijah. He finished it well, but even Elijah had his setbacks in his race. Here he is. He's called fire down from heaven. It not only burns the entire sacrifice, but it burns up like 50 buckets of water that were poured on it, and yet he crawls under a tree and wants to die because the queen's after him. Seriously? And yet I do that same thing. Great things in my life and then one little discouraging thing, and I just want to die, Lord, just, you know, get into that pity party thing that my wife says. And um, so we, there was even him as a, uh, and he was a, a great man of faith. And he's mentioned, I mean, he ends up showing on the Mount of Transfiguration, but he had his setbacks. Yeah. Hebrew 11 is the Faith Hall of Fame. Hebrews 12 tells us, therefore, in one and two, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In Hebrews 12, three, the next, ver- next verse, do not grow weary or faint hearted in your struggles. I say that to pastors all the time. I've said to these pastors and staff meetings, do not grow weary. Another great trick of the enemy. "Why, well, just been doing this. Tomorrow's going to be the same as today. And then, no, it's never the same. Every day is like a snowflake. It's new. It's new from God. And there's something new to do in God. So we move forward. We go forward. James 1.12. Blessed is the man who perseveres, or endures under trial, James five eleven. We can't we uh, we count those blessed who endure, James one two and three. Consider it all joy. It is a hard scripture to take for Christians. It's one they really don't want to hold on to real tight. They like all the victory stuff, but um, consider it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials. Oh, I'm not really joyful right now. The tire just went out, and then the. This stopped working, the heater stopped working, and my kid barfed on me, and the other one did this to me, and it says, knowing, verse 2, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance. You notice every one of those verses were about endurance. We're running this race. It's a marathon. It's endurance. Um, So we're chasing that. Uh, We're running this race not for applause. We're not running it for notoriety, but for God. We're running it to hear on that final day, well done, good and faithful, enduring, faithful it could be an enduring servant, well done. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, we do everything in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do in Colossians three seventeen, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God. So not just what we say, but how we do it and how we walk out our life. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, part of that endurance is practicing, is living life, is the trials, is the tribulations. You will never see a marathon runner who didn't run a mile first. Maybe 100 yards first. Whatever it was. People, the military that have had legs blown off. I've had law enforcement officers I knew that had body parts. One, Jack Dawson, was hit, lost his leg um, in a car accident, and he had to learn everything over again. So his first walking was with his prosthetic on and walking. Well, he ends up running races and skiing and other things. So it, that enduring comes from those things. Um, another thing that does our endurance is what are we feeding on? Do you know marathon racers are Carbo loading, they've got their own diets, their own everything down. What am I feeding on? What are you feeding on? Is it the Word of God or is it CNN? I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking because there's, if you're feeding on something and you think your walk's real slow and you're thinking, man, it's like we worked out, we don't go to the gym real faithful. I'd like to say I do. We try to walk, it's a little cold outside. We'll be at the gym, so the first little bit on the bike, I'm pushing. I'm trying to keep up 20 miles per hour when I bike for 30 minutes, and I keep it at a pretty high rate. I'm sweating. I am I thought, i got to quit. This is killing me. (laughs) The last five minutes, man, I hit that zone, and I was feeling good, and I thought, all right, this is cool. But there's times where I've been exercising that I should not have had that third, fifth, sixth, seventh piece of pizza last night. That was not helping at all. Another great thing for your walk is, who are you tied to? I know people, when they're having a tough time, don't show up at church. Well, once I clean my life up, I'll go to church. That's not the point of everything. The point is, come to church and let the brethren, let the body of Christ work on you and pray for you and hold you up as, as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another. The body of Christ, whatever the foot's feeling, the head's going to feel Think about it. you got a really bad headache, everything hurts. So we look to Jesus. Um, And the reason we do that is because people can let us down. I know that's a shock. I know that you're surprised by that, but it does happen. People can let us down. In fact, they're going to let us down. I've let people down. There's a cloud of witnesses that we have that Paul talks about here, and I'm going to wrap this up. But part of that cloud of witnesses is, Not just the ones that are there. It's the saints here. And I just want to mention a few here. One is we're going to celebrate our year anniversary of uh, Senior Connect. That would have never happened if I hadn't had Jerry Fackner in my ear encouraging me and strengthening me. Um, Paul Walter, if he hadn't have, I probably would have never decided to go ahead and do the men's thing when Eric got called to work. If he hadn't grabbed me out here in the hallway, put his hand on my shoulder... And he was asking me about my injury in April, and I lost all that blood. And I said, you know, I was just ready to die. I said, all right, Lord, you want to take me home? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting. I'm ready. Paul grabbed my shoulder and says, he ain't taking you. You're not done yet. And I got to tell you, when he spoke those words to me, I felt, man, he's right. There's something here I still have left to do. And so um, I want to encourage you. This year, I think you're going to do it again, Bible through the year. We've been doing it, me and my wife, for several years. My dad does it too, and we do it on Version. Is that I want to encourage you to read through the Bible. But I want to encourage you, as I told the men, pray this prayer from Ephesians 118. I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened, so that I may know what is the hope and his calling in me, the riches of his glory and his inheritance in me. So whatever I do, may, he may be glorified. So whatever I may do, he may be glorified. And at that, I'd like to introduce Adam. And what I'll say about Adam is this. I love this man because he challenges me. When I first came, he was out there greeting, and we'd get in debates. He'd get in debates, and I loved it. I lo- and he'd go, well, he was kind of like trying to be I don't want to offend you. I said, I was a cop an assistant pastor. Good luck at offending me. Go ahead, try. Um, Anyhow, he says, uh, but this right here, this is a husband, a father, and a man that loves Jesus.
2: All I heard was that there was a challenge and a gauntlet laid. So challenge accepted, all right? Challenge accepted. Um, Just kidding here. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about our journey here to Montana. So if you haven't heard our story, my wife and I used to live over in Indiana. And at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, the Lord started speaking to my wife and I about moving, and he confirmed in many different ways that we were to come back here to Montana. Well, just to let you know, Montana's like the promised land for my wife, okay? She had lived away from family for about seven years, and my wife's love language is quality time. She loves being around family. For me, Montana was the place I was born and raised. I didn't want to grow up here. That was like telling most Montanans, you got to go to North Dakota. And I know we have some North Dakotans over here, so I'm not offending. Like I said, I can, I can really offend anybody at any point. It's a skill. It really is. But the point is that the Lord told us to move. So we obeyed and we moved in 2019, the beginning of 2019. Well, fast forward a year. It's 2020. We got COVID, Okay. Um, I had actually been job attached to the place I used to work over there in Indiana. The county, I had favor with them. Funny about it is that they got a very big project, about $30 million project that they had to finance, and some of the projects that I had been working on, they took that money for those projects and diverted it to that larger project. So all of a sudden, I didn't have a job. It was drying up. And it was one of those where we had trusted the Lord that he was gonna provide. And so we started looking for jobs and continued looking for jobs. The hard part was it was COVID. I could not find a job at that time to save my life. For whatever reason, I could not fit anything that fit my skill set. And you know, as time goes on, you become less and less picky, you know, you want the Taj Mahal, but at the end of it, you're like, I'll just take a shack. I don't really care. But it was, I was having a hard time finding a job. And I want to admit to you guys, it, it's, it's like going to an AA meeting or something. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a millennial, okay? <laughs> I am a millennial. I am. But I used to pride myself on not actually acting like a millennial, okay? I can tell you the Lord has a sense of humor because he looked at that and said, oh, this guy needs a little bit of a dose of humility. So he did because he saw that we needed a house. So he provided one, a very cheap house. In laws in my 30s, okay. That's not something that I wanted to stick there on the resume. It was a little embarrassing to me. And what was really hard about it is that it was humbling because I had no way of working my way out of it with my situation. I didn't. And I gotta be honest, I am not going to tell you I am the hero of my story. I'm not, but I will tell you that the Lord's faithful in what He worked inside of me. Because the struggles that I had at that moment were in deep disappointment. And honestly, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say resentment, but close to it. Disappointment and discouragement in my situation. Because I felt like the Lord told us to move. And I felt genuinely like he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. Just to be honest with you guys, okay? I didn't feel like he was coming through in my time frame. And that's the key there. So the question I have to ask is, how do we reconcile these feelings with the truths that we find inside the Bible? And furthermore, the king of Judah and of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king in the Old Testament. He was the king of Judah. And in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse five, this is what is said about Hezekiah. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him nor among those who were before him. I can tell you there's not any kings that that was said about, especially of Judah and very few other kings, anything positive was said about them. That is high praise. Hezekiah wasn't perfect, but he was unique inside of his generation. And there's lessons that we can learn from him because he faced some overwhelming challenges, but saw God-sized breakthrough. And that's important. But to give you context in this, we, we live in a dispensation or a time frame of new covenant, of grace. Okay, But that's not what he lived in. He lived under what we call the law. In the law, the way it worked is you had these strict guidelines of how you follow God, how you worshipped him. And if you followed that law, God would bless you. That is the time frame. You follow me, I'll bless you. You don't, not going to happen. And that's the mindset he's under. And it helps paint the story because Hezekiah got sick. The Bible actually says that he was sick unto the point of death. He was on his deathbed. But good news, he is laying there in the neighborhood prophet. Isaiah came up to him and gave him a word from the Lord. This is what he said. Set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. Goodbye. And walked out. Now, you got to understand that there's sometimes a little bit of interpretation there with prophecy and understanding it a little bit further. This one's about as short, sweet, and to the point as you're going to get. Like pack your bags, you're going to punch the clock on this life. It's, it's not very hard to understand that one. It was a death sentence. It was. Well, also at this time, another thing was going on and it's sometimes hard to see it, but this was about the 14th year Hezekiah's rule okay if you do some math you can figure that out in the book of Isaiah it says that in the 14th year of Hezekiah's rule the king of Sennacherib invaded Judah To, to tell you who Sennacherib was he was pretty much the Adolf Hitler of his day he was he was a horrible person he destroyed nations enslaved them humbled them to the point of just humiliating these people. He tortured them. He was a horrible king and he had destroyed nation after nation. And he was coming after this nation. Not only was he sick, but he also Judah was coming again or having snack come against him. All hell was breaking out on Judah and Hezekiah at this point. I wanted to take a look at what his response was. Hezekiah's Second Kings chapter 20 verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, "Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with the whole heart, and how and have done what is good in your sight." And Hezekiah, he wept bitterly. Now his response, there's a key takeaways from here. Obviously, Hezekiah, it says he wept bitterly, he was pretty distraught there. He was pretty upset by the challenges that he was facing. But the funny thing is, you can tell by his response, he wasn't overcome by those emotions. He wasn't. And this is what the key was. He didn't complain, and he didn't accuse God. He had followed the Lord, and the result that they expected in that time that God would come through for him. But God still told him that you have a death sentence there. But Hezekiah decided to trust the Lord. Isaiah had left, but the Lord spoke. Verse 5 here in 2 Kings. Here's what the Lord's response was because at this point Isaiah had left, but the Lord spoke to him, told him to come back. Here's what the Lord told him to say I have heard your prayer, I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city out of the hands of the king of Assyria. Just as the Lord came through for Hezekiah. The Lord will come through for you. If you, Nobody's told you that lately. I can tell you that. The Lord is faithful. He is consistent and he is trustworthy. He is, but we don't always see immediate breakthrough. He saw immediate breakthrough, but we don't always see that. Oftentimes we have to wait and we have to learn how to wait well. Galatians chapter six, verse nine says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap. If we do not give up. This verse talks about how to handle discouragement and disappointment. We need to keep persevering. Okay, I don't know anywhere in the Bible where anybody ever offered a complaint or an accusation against God where it went well with them. And that is not doing what's right to the Lord. It's not. We have to continue in doing what's right. And it actually says, if we do, we'll see a harvest of the seeds that we planted. And the key is in due season. In translation to modern-day terms, that means eventually, okay? Eventually. The way I like to say it is, do the right thing for the right reasons. And if it doesn't look like anything's changing, keep doing it. It's called having a persevering spirit, okay? In the Bible, it actually talks about how perseverance builds character, repetition of this process where we just keep doing the right thing for the right reasons changes this from a formula for success into a way of life. And that's what character is. When the truths of God become intimate in who you are, that is what character is. Those truths becoming part of your very nature and how you operate, okay? The things inside of you that are built during this process are what's most important. And I'm gonna say it a different way. This side of the grave, what's most important is the journey and not the destination. You oftentimes don't have control over a lot of things in these situations, but you do have control over your responses. And Hezekiah, uh, excuse me. Hezekiah gave us a good example of how our responses need to be. He trusted the Lord, and that trust became the catalyst for breakthrough. Okay. And what's interesting is we oftentimes have the benefit of hindsight here. We saw that he saw got breakthrough, but at the point he trusted the Lord, he had been given a death sentence. But he's willing to hold on to trust even to the point of death, and that's the response that we want. So I want to close here with the end of our story. And as you might expect, God came through for us. He did. I actually found a job that's a huge blessing to us. And yes, we do have a home of our own. Thank the Lord. Um, And a dose of humility. So it's not a bad thing. But funny enough, the job that I found, it had actually been posted on the company's website for three years. And we had to wait quite a while in order to find that job. And I feel like that's a word. It really means that the opportunity or provision is readily available, but God cares more about building something inside of you in the process than just to simply give you your hopes and dreams in the exact moment that you want it. Because it's about character, and God cares about that character. And the enemy, and I'm going to close with this, the enemy, they want you to believe that there's no benefit for following God in this Lord. That's what they want. They want a bunch of people half full of the spirit and half on fire following the Lord because the people that fully trust in the Lord, they see kingdom breakthrough inside of their lives and inside of their circumstances, which becomes other people's breakthrough. And I just wanted to encourage you, if you have to go through that, bite down on the complaining and choose to trust. It's a muscle that will eventually get stronger and stronger. So with that being said, I am going to hurry up and transition over to Elizabeth's work. I'm excited to hear what she has to say. So, yeah, here you go.
3: It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. When was the last time I preached? Was it a year ago now? Oh, it's almost a year too long, hasn't it? So, <laughs> but anyway, no, this is great. Um, I hope you had a, all had like a wonderful Christmas. I was so blessed to see my kids' smiling faces first thing Christmas morning to open up all their gifts. (laughs) You know, as the Lord um, showed me, like, this is my time to get up and speak, I get scared and intimidated, so just bear with me. (laughs) It's been a little while to speak to you all. I do amen, sisters. I've been doing that on and off throughout the year, and I just love preaching to the women. Do I get an amen? amen? I just enjoy it so much. So it's just such a great time to be with you all here. As I was praying and asked the Lord to show me what to speak to you all here this morning, is he impressed me so strong when I read the scripture verse. It's in First Kings 10, verse 25. It's where King Solomon would receive gifts yearly. Everyone loves to receive gifts, amen? For each man brought his present, articles of silver and gold, garments, armor, spices, horses, and mules— at a set rate, year by year. Here was King Solomon. He received gifts year by year. And Jordan, I want to note something here. He had received garments. And I love Christmas pajamas every year. And he gives me a hard time every year. I can guarantee you King Solomon got some Christmas PJs. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just like King Solomon received gifts every year, God gives gifts to his children every year as well. Amen. So it's on my heart to share that God wants to do something new and fresh. And what it is, is a fresh anointing and the oil of joy. Amen. That's what the Lord has stirred in my spirit. I had something else and the Lord quickened me. No, this is where we're going. So I said, okay. He highlighted this to me. What's amazing is when you have a fresh anointing, you have the authority to do something new. Psalm 92 verse 10 says, but my horn you shall shall But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I want to receive the freshness of the Lord in your life. A time of refreshing. Can we say "It's it's time? It's time. Amen. What does it truly mean to receive a fresh anointing in your life? This is what it means. Get ready. It's fun. To receive a fresh anointing in your life, you have to choose to abide in the vine. John 15 verse 2 says he cuts off every branch in me that does not bear any fruit of him in other words you have to be willing to be pruned for the glory of God to manifest in your life you have to allow his pruneness to happen amen you have to be a willing vessel for that to happen it's like Jesus he was in the garden of Gethsemane he's Lord if is your will please pass this cup from me and God's like no you gotta go to the cross And he's like okay I will go Amen. I have noticed that with my walk with the Lord, that pruning can come at the hardest times, like through trials. Whenever I have gone through a trial, it has always exposed idols in my heart. Oh, come on. I am glad for exposure because when things get exposed, more of Jesus can shine through you. I just went through something that is very hard this past year, and it's hard for me to go through. God dealt with a root issue in myself. I can look at the circumstance and everything else, but no, i got to look inward, what God is doing in my heart. What is he pruning in me? If it wasn't for me going through the trial, it would never be dealt with. He prunes to make things fresh and beautiful in your walk with him. You know, what's amazing is um, my dad was here a few years ago, probably, let me see, Lydia is now six no seven you're growing up girl seven years old my dad and my stepmom here just you know came here in surprise visit she must have been two months old it was middle july and I remember them asking me before they came to surprise me they're like do you guys ever get any hailstorms in montana i was like yes <laughs> we do get a few you know here and there thankfully this past year we haven't had as much amen But they came to visit. It was a wonderful time. But in the meantime, while they're here, they want to come see the church. I said, sure, you can come see the church. So they came, and we walked through the building. But while we're walking through the building, a huge hailstorm has happened. And, boy, it was loud. Oh, man, the sky was pitch black. Boy, they got a taste of what a hailstorm is. (laughs) And so this hail came through. And when we walked outside after the hailstorm, I could not believe, and my stepmom, ruby. She couldn't believe the smell of the fresh pine and the scent of the aroma that she could smell all from the mountains. How beautiful it was. See, when you are pruned, when you allow the Lord to prune you in your life, there is a scent and aroma that happens. It's the beauty of the Lord. Do you desire that? Say, Lord, prune me. I don't know what's going on in my life right now, whatever issue is going on, but I am willing to yield to your pruning in my life. You know, I told the girls to get ready for new toys at Christmas. New, Come on. (laughs) We need these new toys that's coming because we have to cleanse the old to get ready for the new. Come on. (laughs) We need to cleanse that. And the girls at first were like, no, I don't want to. And then I start telling them about, oh, great things are coming. Amazing things are coming. Great, beautiful gifts at the bottom of the Christmas tree will be there for you. They're all like, yeah, let's get this done. We'll get this done right now. So within no time, they had the, house, you know, the room all cleaned out. It was beautiful. Well, I walked in. Girls, this is fantastic. And boy, they had an amazing Christmas morning. But I tell you what, when God says, hey, this is an area in your life that needs to be pruned, our flesh says, no, <laughs> I don't want to. But we have to remind ourselves the promises in God's word, what he has for you personally. Amen. You know, it says here in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. With my eye, I will give you counsel. Don't be like a horse or a mule without understanding. I'm sure you also heard this. You can take a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. Amen? <laughs> so we can be like a horse or a mule, and God's trying to say, no, come to the refreshing stream. Come to their living water so I can give you a time of refreshing and it says here, do not be like a horse and mule and resist. Our flesh just wants to resist it. Therefore, if the Lord impressed me with that there are things in my life that's time to let go of. There could be things in your life that says it's time to let go of because the, of the old, because you need to be in position for something new. Are you positioning yourself for the year 2024, what God wants to do in your life and your family's life? That's something you need to ask yourself today. Where am I at spiritually? Am I positioning myself? Am I on fire for the Lord? Am I reading my Bible daily? Am I spending time praying in the Holy Spirit? Am I doing these things to position myself to get me ready for great things to come? Christmas is coming, folks. There's a great move of the Holy Spirit that's going to take place. But do you want to be in position to receive what God has for you, what he has planned for you? Come on. This this is what the Lord has impressed me with. But our flesh wants to fight it. I don't want my flesh to fight it. I want, my, I want things to be pruned in my life. It's time to let go. You know, Ephesians 3.20 says that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, all that we can ask, and ask for and think according to the power that worketh in me. Are you asking? Are you seeking? You know what I love? What it says in Isaiah, it says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, for my ways are higher than your ways. So even though you may have these amazing thoughts, He has something great and bigger for you that are higher, that are greater, that can cause you to soar in Isaiah 40, verse 31, like an eagle, renewing in strength. Amen. When you dwell in the sacred place of the Most High God, you shall stay in the shadow of the Almighty. He will protect you. He will guide you. And yes, you're going to weather through some storms, but there is a pruning and a joy that's going to take place. And at the same time, as you give of yourself to the Lord, that's when refreshing comes. You're just waiting, God, God, I want you to bless me now. I feel miserable. No, you have got allowed the pruning of the Lord to take place in your life. You have to abide in the vine, abide in the fact that he loves you. Because, however, we will never truly taste of his refreshing stream in our lives unless we fully yield to the innermost working of the Holy Spirit. It's time for renewal. It's time for refreshing. Therefore, there is a fresh anointing for your life in the new year if you're faithful in seeking him and abiding in the vine. Now, I want to talk to you about about another word the Lord gave me. There is a new joy for a new season. (laughs) Jesus is the greatest gift to mankind. He brought us good tidings of comfort and joy. Amen. Luke 2, verse 10 says, Jesus was born and a star angel appeared to Mary. Also, an angel appeared to Zachariah and told him that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a baby. Now, Elizabeth was older in years. And so he had to have an angel to tell him, by the way, but he's going to be a prophet, and you're going to name him John the Baptist. And it will be a joy and delight to you. How many times have you are like, oh, God, give me a fresh word, fresh season. I'm going to go forward. I know I have this assignment in me. I know this is the person I'm supposed to marry. I know these are the kids I'm so excited to have. But it's a joy and delight. But how many here know that there's always a time with that joy and delight? There's always a reproach that comes against you. Either your flesh you're dwelling with or the relationships you deal with. Because if you read about Elizabeth, I'm preaching to myself (laughs) a little bit here. But if you read about Elizabeth, she hid herself. She got that good news and she hid herself for five months because of the reproach of her people. She had an amazing word. She was was pregnant with that vision, not only that, she had pregnant with John the Baptist. And she knew that he was going to be a prophet and great things were coming. He's going to do great things for God. But she hid herself because of the reproach of the people. Now, what's amazing is this. When she came out of hiding, guess who was meeting her, greeting her at that time in the same chapter? Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus. And when Mary saw Elizabeth and said, greetings, boy, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and um, Elizabeth let out this loud cry, blessed are you, Mary. Blessed are you. See, in that moment, she was delivered from oppression. Because when that baby leaped inside her, John the Baptist, when she heard Mary, because that was joy. Joy delivers you in the midst of oppression. That's what happened. That's what happened in that moment for Sister Elizabeth there. You know, I remember I was in the, when I was in the hospital, I had Titus, and um, he was in the ICU, and I was just so worn out. I was weary. And I woke up one morning, and the Lord said, look at Luke. I heard the scripture first in my ear. Luke 124. I said, okay. I looked there. And it said Elizabeth was hidden away because she was tired and weary. <laughs> pretty much. So I was like, wow, that's how I feel. And to my that first, not only two hours later, this lady who I haven't seen in years came out of nowhere into my room and said, you wouldn't believe it. I ran into your husband and he said, you're up here. I just feel led to come up here and give you a great big hug and say, God loves you. And you're going to get through this. And in that moment, I just wept and cried. I said, thank you. I need that time of refreshing. And that moment, that word, was in my spirit. I leaped with joy in that moment. I am going to get through this. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. There's nothing that I can't overcome because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Maybe you are weary, but joy will deliver you out of a state of weariness like it did for Elizabeth. Because like I said, joy of the Lord is your strength. I know what they mentioned about trials, and the reason why we go through trials is because we have to experience God's joy in our life. He supernaturally strengthens you. That's how he's able to get through it, when, able for you to get through it. Because when Jesus was carrying the cross, and he was carrying the sin and the shame that was upon his shoulders— and he was carrying something heavy and weight. And he, and he was just been whipped. He had the crown of thorns on his head. He was dripping with blood everywhere. He was carrying the sin and the weight of the world. Shame, oppression, disease, everything you can possibly imagine was weighing on him. We know what it says in the book of Hebrews. It says that we were the joy that was set before him that, we shall, that he shall endure the cross. Joy strengthens you through trials. That's what it's meant for. The spirit of joy. The fruit of the Spirit, joy. That's what we're called to be, to yield to the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Time, the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of heaviness. You know, I love what it says in Jeremiah 15, 16. It says, the words were found, and I ate them. And the word was unto me, the joy and the rejoicing of my soul, because I am called by the name of the Lord of hosts. Do you believe that you're called by the name of the Lord of hosts this morning? Do you believe? Let's all stand up right now. Let's give God a praise right now. Because I really, truly believe that in this time, 2024, that God is going to bless us. But also, again, we're working in me. But as you allow the in working in yourselves, God has a time of refreshing for you. Amen.
0: Could you put some music on if you have it back there? I uh, I just enjoy that uh, hearing today. You know, I heard I heard the Holy Spirit in three different ways tell us to endure and persevere. Did you hear that? That's what he said. That's really remarkable. Everyone had the same sort of thought. Uh, so I'm up here praising the Lord, just doing church, and uh, I see these big burly man back. It's my friend Nolan back there. Yeah. Now he, I work out with him at Orange Theory, so he he's a trooper, man. He's running. Nolan, I I uh, I was sitting there in the front row, and I felt the Lord, eighteen verse six. And I want to give you an encouraging word. Here from the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 60. This is the word that the Lord put in my spirit. That a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And I just felt like the Lord is going to expand the work of your hands. I know what you do. And I, I felt like increase is coming into your life. Favor and better things if you press into him and seek him. And I want to encourage you with that. God's got great things ahead for you. Sometimes you're I think you're a millennial like Adam and I, right? Yeah, but you know what? If we press ahead and persevere, watch what God does. Let's, let's open our hands up this morning. I feel like the Lord, oh, I feel the spirit of the Lord here. I feel like someone needs to be told to just persevere and, and press in. Breakthrough's coming. Breakthrough's coming. Breakthrough and goodness is coming. Yeah, I thank the Lord for what's coming ahead. More in store for 2024. Father, we just thank you this morning. We can be in the house of the Lord together, be encouraged by the word of the Lord. Mm, In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus I feel the spirit of God stirring me up Mm. Amen, 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 amen If you need to be dismissed you can I'm going to just wait on the Lord here for a moment So we love you very much It's great to have you out with us today But I do feel like the Lord Is here with us I feel the spirit of God stirring my spirit, my soul Lord Jesus we love you so much You're so good You are so, so good Jesus, I thank you, Father, what's ahead, I thank you for what's coming to our lives this next year. Mm. I want to run and not be weary, how about you? That's what I hear the Lord saying, I want to run and not be weary, I want to walk and not faint, I want to go into this next year ready for all that God has for me, say that with me, I'm going to run and not be weary, I'm going to walk and not faint, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm, I just thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I want to bless you in the name of the Lord. All right, man, next week we're having uh, my friend uh, Chris Michaelson here with us. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that, man. He does amazing things in nations of the world where you could lose your life. It's really incredible. So that will be a blessing. We'll have two services with him. I'm looking forward to that. You won't want to miss that. And it just gives us a platform to build on what God is doing. If you want prayer, the altars are open. God's got some great things ahead for you. Believe that. I love you all very much. I will catch you all. I'll see you next year. I know that's cliche. I will see you all next year. We love you very much. Amen.